everybody. We're back. It's fall. It's arrived. And we are back in the shed. We're hoping you are going to enjoy this session with us. We got Buddy the dog in here with us. Who knows how much he's going to make his presence felt. We got a few things cooking. So why don't you settle in and have a listen? Buddy's got needle teeth. Oh, does he ever. Is that what 16 is? Ventura? I don't know what the numbers are. It's so sad. I've gotten to that age now where I just don't even, I used to be able to, you know, I'd tell you what, Yeah. what's what on every topic. Just give it a sequence number. I, yeah. I guess if there was a C, okay. So what level of iOS are we on right now? 16. Is that but right? I don't know what it's 16 point what point what, but it's 16. I just updated. Whereas I, I, su- I find it super easy to remember Ventura, but the numbers I'm. Oh, I, I, yeah, no. Now. Just going to have a little coffee here while Skin does his uh, presentation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what you got there, Skin? What's that? You got a new phone? You doing an unboxing in front of us? Not really. Let's see the back of it. Holy look out, Hollywood. This is my 14 Pro. You got a 14 Pro just Super got Max? It today at like almost one o'clock. Oh, and that's why you have not transferred your account over yet. Well, I have transferred all my data, but I can't, apparently my carrier will not allow me to do an eSIM. So Who's your I, carrier? I'm just going to warn you okay. that if you tell me this is my fault yes. again, uh-huh. I'm going to push the mic aside and come over there and punch you. So just so you know that. And that's not gaslighting. That's punch lighting. Yeah, no, <laughs> that is not gaslighting. You see, there is a port for a physical SIM in here. Oh yeah, see, so but you thought my carrier's Fido. But and your preference was to do a physical SIM. No, it was not my preference at all. It oh, said, do sorry. you want to transfer it? I said, yeah. I yeah. said, your carry won't allow it. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Did you do the transfer where you set the two uh, yeah. phones side by side? That's the best. That's the best method. Yeah. Didn't take too long, either about half an hour. So, the, so you're ready to go. You just need to move that SIM over. Yeah. And uh, that's probably it. You'll have to probably maybe enter a password or two here or there. Maybe. I. I yeah, it asked me at one point for my... Apple ID. My Shaw ID, because that's one of my emails, and I, I haven't put that ID in forever because I don't ever get Shaw emails. Yeah. That's good news. It's fun. I, I'm, you can retire that. I'm looking forward now. Yeah, almost immediately. I this mean is a good sh- phone, I mean, though. the Shaw ID, you can re- retire Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, my XR is a good phone, it, and it actually, I still like it very well. This is just a superior camera. So it's an excellent phone, you're saying, your old one. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably for sale. <laughs> well, maybe. So I'll be able to take dance videos uh-huh. even after dusk, which will be terrific because the the low light capabilities of yes. the camera in the oh, 14 yeah, yeah, is yeah. just way yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be good. So I'm looking for, that's that was a big driver and I just. That's right. I didn't really need the phone, but I thought ah, I'm going to have a yeah. treat. I think you should expense it to the group. Yeah, I think I should too. Oh, oh, the dance group. I thought you meant this group here. No, the dance group. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I should try that. And you know what else I should I should also expense to them? See this? Know what this is? That's a remote control for This is a, a remote control Toyota. for a 2010 Toyota Prius. Hey. Yay! Just picked it up on Saturday. I'm racking up debt like it's going out of style. Just way out there. Okay, so you got yourself a Prius. And uh, you just picked it up Saturday. Yeah. And it's a 2010. Yeah. And you're getting incredible gas mileage now. 
Yeah, yes, I'm getting much better, pretty close to double the mileage. So my gas prices are half of my old gas prices. Right now I'm getting 5.2, 5.4 liters per 100 kilometers. And then the Suzuki and the Honda before I was getting about 10. That will pay for itself in a certain number of oh, years. way too long. 10 years that car would have to run like that. Like because of the mileage I How drive. How much it cost you? I mean, it's, I mean, used cars are expensive. Yes, they are. And believe me, I spent weeks, weeks going through listings of all kinds of cars, just on and on and on. And is the market such that you can't have it inspected and you probably wouldn't bother with that? Well, anymore? honestly, one of the reasons it costs more than it should have is I bought it at a dealer for that very reason. Oh, right. right. I decided that. So you got a bit of a warranty from the dealer. Yeah, it's, but what I really got was the idea that it's probably in half decent shape because, for instance, they won't sell my Suzuki, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was in pretty good shape, but it needed some work. They're not going to sell that. So did you, did you do the, throw the uh, Suzuki yes. in? So really what I paid all that money for was laziness. I paid some chunk yeah. for trading in my Suzuki, for which I only got 500 bucks. I figure right. I probably could have got 1500 Yeah. So that's a thousand dollars I spent to spare myself the hassle of selling it. But when you got a catalytic converter problem, you got some suspension problems, you got no AM radio and it seems to be burning a little oil. All I couldn't really tell. And it needs new tires. I just sort of thought, uh, by the time I get done Walk away. with all the people that are not going to want, I just said, no. Yeah. But now I don't have the Suzuki. Now I have a car that I hope lasts for, you know, four or five years anyways. See in the news today that uh, as of yesterday, BC now has the some of the highest paid doctors in the country. With something, the changes. Something yeah. happened in the government. Yeah, no, they did make changes to... Big changes, apparently. Yeah, because I lost my doctor because of that. If they had announced this a couple months earlier, I'd probably still have a, uh, a GP because he headed to Alberta because of the whole thing, yeah. right? Uh, I haven't looked into how it all works. Well, part of it sounds better. Yeah, I don't know the details of how it works, but it says that it's going to be more encouraging to look at a patient more holistically again. Yeah, well, that'd be great. So, yeah, I, I suspect that there's going to be, it says it's more time-based. How much time did you spend with the patient? Yeah. Because if you went in on the one thing, because they always say only have one thing, right? And then you talk about three other things, and that kind of pushes your appointment out to mm -hmm. a 15-minute slot, which is long these days. They still just bill for that one thing that you booked for, mm. I think. But now maybe it's it's more like, okay, you spent 15 minutes, so you can bill a little bit more than your standard 10-minute appointment. So that that's yeah. really encouraging. If it meets its stated goal to encourage doctors to stay and to entice them, some who've left, to come back, as well as improving patient experience, I'm in. Especially if it doesn't, like, I had the sense that they're just redistributing money they were spending anyways. I'm, I'm not really sure about that, but. Yeah, maybe. There, there has to be some magic, otherwise taxes go up and yeah. people always get all upset about that. Yeah. If it works right, it should, you know, it shouldn't cost anymore because they're, they're now catching things early that cost a lot of money later and hope, yeah. hopefully it works out. I really hope it works out because boy, there's a lot of people in your situation struggling to find just anybody. Yeah. Cause we talked about the TELUS thing. Cause you can throw a couple yeah. thousand a year at TELUS and then you suddenly get this kind of concierge service and yeah. it's really two tier and that yeah. kind of like, but I mean, we'll do it if, if I start to have more health problems Yeah, or Sue did, 
we would still do it, but we're kind of against it on a philosophical basis. basis. of your principles. That's right. But we'll let our principles die if we're suddenly well, pretty if sick. Well, it's you or your principles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a story about Buddy. Shall I throw this in there? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Well, because today was the first day that Buddy spent on his own. I know. Exactly. It was tough, wasn't it? So you'll notice that the door is just destroyed. Oh, poor Bud. He spent two hours in here because Dad had to go to a fitting because Dad got work. Oh, way to go, Dad. So it's for the good doctor. Nice little guest star, and I'm playing a vet, and I'm working on a dog named Buddy. <laughs> and at the end of an audition, you, you always slate. You say, my name is Kevin McNulty. I'm six feet tall, and I'm in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And so I got Buddy in on the, and because you pan down to see the whole body. Nice. And this is Buddy, so Buddy's the, <laughs> the real Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> So I got it. And so I had a fitting today. And who's my first point of contact? My son, Dylan, who's the COVID wrangler on The Good Doctor. Oh, nice. So he welcomes me to the show when I get <laughs> tested. Cool is at that? I know. He was pretty pumped. That is really fun. Fun little day. So the big day is Friday. and Filming day. So Susan just stepped up and she canceled her dinner party so that she can be with Buddy all day. Praise Ooh. Jesus, I say, praise Jesus. Oh, that's nice of her. Yeah. So he will survive. Is all he did claw at the door and cry? Yeah. Yeah, Could Tuke, be worse. Tuke oh, did, I know. Especially in here, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tuke did the same thing. We had to replace the door and we had to replace the carpet. That's when you came over and put in the floor for us. He had... Uh, he was oh, trying yeah. to dig his yeah, he ripped. Yeah, he ripped the carpet up. And then so we, we put him in a different place with just a vinyl floor. And he ripped that up too. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. We never did that to him again. Well, we'll see. If, I don't know if that this will calm him down the next time I leave, but uh, I might try it in shorter spurts this time. Right. Yeah. 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 Just to, you, know. you could set up a camera if you wanted to. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. A dog cam. Yeah, like a wise cam is like forty bucks. I'll just put yeah. my phone up there. Well, yeah, put yeah. a camera in here. We just, just crank up our YouTube channel. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Want to do a uh, listener mail? Yes. Let's do listener mail because we've had some fun listener mail lately. Lee from Courtney has a comment on episode 142, Dog Furring. Hi, dogs. Great that you are back as it's been a little while, but obviously it gave you all the time to come up with some interesting stuff. And it's okay if RJ tells more Europe stories. We, who haven't traveled anywhere in the past two years, can live a little vicariously. And he was about to travel again, but this time to Portland. That is such a great city. Lovely setting, big wide streets, good restaurants, and one of the world's great bookstores, Powell's Books. Literally a square city block big. And yeah, I got to tell you, every time we go to Portland, that's always a highlight. Sue always does a good visit of Powell's books and uh, I join her there as well. Yeah. Well, you know, she's usually ahead of me. I'm off doddering around somewhere and end up in the waiting area. The first time I went there, they gave out maps to find one's way around the bookstore. Another time I was in Portland was with Moira and two other women. I had fake flight attendant ID 
from a real flight attendant who looked enough like me, so he got a good deal at the Hilton. Lee could easily pass as a flight attendant. So sometimes we had to pretend like we were flight attendants, which amazingly people believed. I don't find that amazing no. at all, Lee. I think you could pass very well as a flight attendant. I do too. RJ mentioned the best food he had being the waffles from a fast food place in France. And she put the fast in quotes because it took a while. And it's so true that these little food surprises can really stick in your mind. I had the best hot dog of my life in May 2001 in the shadow of the Twin Towers in Manhattan. It was from a food cart, and we ate sitting on the grass. Of course, four months later, that whole space was completely devastated, so my experience could never be repeated. And speaking of food... PJ, if you take the ferry to Victoria again and go to the Pacific Buffet, you can now enjoy a glass of wine or a beer with that floating smorgasbord. And if you go as a foot passenger from Sunday through Thursday, you're on for free. Uh, We have to pay regular foot fare Friday through Sunday, I'm afraid. That was news to me, and I, I think one of you pointed that out a while back, and I did some further research on that, and uh, as Lee says, Sunday through Thursday, we seniors go for free, but did you know that even if you decide to drive a car, you don't pay your your passenger rate? You pay for the car, but it's like there's nobody driving it. And thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Good to hear from you. Uh, another comment from uh, Nancy of New Westminster, also on the same episode. Hey dogs, love the pictures of Richard's Europe trip. One of these days I might get there. For now, I'm heading off to Vietnam for November. That's pretty wild. That sounds very cool. Apparently it is pretty good. It's like Sharon from the Monday Night Hiking. She went with Reiner and a couple others, I think. It's pretty good. It seems to me that there are so many places in the world that would be spectacular to visit. You know, as as long as you're visiting an area that's not subject to high risks, yeah, there's you can just go anywhere in the world and see amazing things. Yeah, the longer you hang around, the more you realize there's all kinds of spectacular stuff just everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Captain Bob of Saskatoon and uh, and April and her sister and her sister's husband, the four of them went to Europe. They just got back a few days ago. They did five days in Paris, five days in Rome, and five days in Prague. Wow. And uh, Captain Rob's favorite was Prague by far. And uh, he just said it's just a lovely place. So that's definitely on Susan, my list, to go to Prague. All right. Nancy says, hey, dogs. Yeah, so she, she said she's off to Vietnam in November. Anyway, enjoyed the discussion on dog furring and found the following for you. Quote, not all dog hair can be spun into shingora, the official term for wool spun oh, from you, dog fur. So I read could, this, but you I got didn't your, get it. But as you read it out loud, I realized yeah, shingora, like dog yeah, in French. Shingora. And you got your angora. Yeah. What's that made of? Oh, Bun- bunnies? <laughs> I, I can't know. remember what angora is. But uh, yeah, anyway, the best fur for spinning is the undercoat of long-haired, rough-coated dogs, such as the Golden Retriever or Newfoundland. And I got to wonder about the uh, the flat-haired retriever. Yeah. You see, it would stand to reason if you can make a sweater for humans out of dog fur, you could make one for your dog as well. Go for it, PJ. Would love to see what you come up with. Well, I can tell you right now what I'm going to come up with. Nothing. 
<laughs> but, and, and also it's interesting to me, like I was thinking as usual, that was sort of a, just a, you know, fun idea. But what I had been thinking is that you can just blend in. Like you imagine a whole big bunch of sheep wool. We'll just toss in a whole bunch of handfuls of chihuahua hair and then spin it into thread and then make something out of it. You know, like it would just be mixed in. Wouldn't be made 100%. That's how I imagined it all working. But uh, Maybe you can do it like lamb slippers where you've actually got the skin there as well. <laughs> wow. Okay. It uh, took a dark All right, very turn. dark. Wasn't there another one? Yeah, Huey of Janelle wrote in. He said, uh, hey, dogs, I was wondering if you are aware of the documentary called Trophy Town. I'm sure Pat probably is, but it is quite an eye-opener and makes you feel proud of the smoke eaters. Listeners, that's the trail smoke eaters, the hockey team that won the world championships. It has been airing on TSN as a shortened version of the original. I recommend seeing it if you haven't already. My Uncle Duke was the goaltender for the 39 Smoke Eaters. Yes, I have not seen that thing, but I mean, I'm, you know, I'm from Rosslyn. So I have pretty much a genetically inherited responsibility to dislike trail sports teams. So I, I can't, I can't. Well, you know, I, I, you know, dad talked about it all the time. Dad, of course, was from trail yeah. originally. Yeah. So, so, uh, there so you go. I Living always. Living on sufferance in Rossland. No, and the other thing was, too, just for the record, a lot of those 61 Smokies actually played for the Rossland Warriors in the late 50s, the Rossland Senior yeah. Warriors. They, yeah. They made sort of a little mini all-star team. And you know what else is fun about that post? I, we used to play when I was whatever age, in 1970, 72. 72 I would have started. We'd, we'd play an annual old-timers game against those 61 Smokies. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, what what is fun about it for me is at the time we just thought these are old men we're going to beat these guys and way later in life i realized that in 1974 those guys would have been about 32 33 something there <laughs> you you thought of them as old men and we thought they were old men and they beat us every year oh, one year in 76 wow. we won the league or at least our division and we beat them 3-2 or 4-2 i think finally beat them <laughs> They beat us every year. They were, yeah. And, you know, part of it was finally in 76, yeah, some of those guys would have been pushing 40. They would have been like 38 years old, maybe. Yeah. But I just remember they were really old to us. And our coach used to say, you guys should be able to outskate these guys easily. Gretzky was on the Smartless podcast. Oh. And in fact, that'll probably air in a few days. I got the, the uh, feed, the early feed version of it. And uh, it's pretty fun to listen to just his whole personality and uh, him talking about, he no longer even goes on the ice. Yeah. He feels like he would just fall over. And he talks about his, the one fight he was in. There's a lot of really fun stuff in there. Yeah. And then he's talking about Gordy Howe and think, he played till he was over 50. At the NHL level. And, which is just and Gretzky cool. quit being on the ice in his mid fifties. Yeah. So yeah. Just, yeah. Gordy Howe in a lot of dimensions is just crazy. That guy, like he was playing that late and he was not completely out of place. He was not completely uncompetitive. Yeah. Uh, it's just nutty, really nutty. 
And I did hear Gretzky talking about his first encounter with how he's winking at him. He kept winking at me, winking at me. <laughs> and then he, he did something nasty to him. And when Gretzky got off the ice, he asked somebody on the bench, I don't know why he did that. He was winking at me like he was my friend or something. The guy says, he's got a tick. <laughs> he's not winking at you. He's got an eye that has a tick. And it was something like he took the puck off him and saw how it just slashed him in the back of the knee or something like that. He was really dirty. Gordie Howe was very... Was he really? Yeah, he, and he didn't get called out on it because he was a pretty good fighter. You guys want to do uh, snappers? Do you have any snappers for us? Let's just have a little look-see. It's time again for KJ Snappers, wherein our own KJ dog tries to stump the panel with etymological quandaries he's stumbled across in his travels, and in which PJ and RJ search deep into their time-addled memories to see if they can piece together the meanings and origins of these terms. So let's play KJ Snappers. Short snappers. Give us some short snappers. Uh, I'll spell this. P-O-L-I-T-E-S-S-E. Politesse. And then beside it, I have written Orson Fane's Politesse. Orson Fane? Fane's. F-E-I-G-N. Oh. Fane's Politesse. I have no recollection of that word. Well, I mean, it sounds familiar immediately because of its, you know, word root, but... I've heard Politesse? it Politesse? Fake politeness, yeah. Oh, really? It's the art of being polite, I oh, believe, is what we mean there. Well done, Mr. Logan. I, I could be wrong. Because I would I have just, guessed it was uh, politicking related. It's. I think it's just the polite. art of being polite. It's, oh. It's, you are I think you're probably right. Going through, you know how to be polite, even if you're not. So, example sentence. When I came up with my snapper, RJ's politesse was in entirely lacking. Well done. Two, I wanted two to poke RJ's out eyes out with my dessert fork, but my politesse forbade it. <laughs> oh See, I, I say forbade as well. How about you? There's a forbade camp, isn't there? <laughs> Is there? Uh, I think so. I don't even know, maybe. If someone forbade something? No, I don't. Like, Is the past tense of forbid forbad? <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight Maybe it's an Americanism, but I I say forbade myself, but. Well, listeners, chime in. I I think somebody does forbade. Yeah, I think so. I don't know who they are. I don't know either. Give us the thing on politesse here. What is it? Oh, I don't have it. You don't have it. I just just have Orson Fane's politesse. I don't ever look this up. You guys do that. I can do that. So who's Orson Fane? I I don't know. It was in a. (laughs) (laughs) It was in. Good old Orson Fane. Oh, Orson Fane anger. Orson, he's got a whole range of things that are all named after him. Politess uh, is formal politeness or etiquette. The suave circumlocutory politess of a consular official. Circumlocutory. Yeah, I like don't that. Don't get to the point. Go around the world wow, first. Wow. Okay, so so I actually didn't understand the whole. Politess. So Fane, F E I G N. Feigned. Yeah, Oscars feigned okay. politesse. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. To polish, politesse uh, uh, debuted in the late 17th century. All three words stem from Latin pair, or pallier, which means to polish. Ah, uh, oh, so, so it's polite. not f- Oh, okay. That's fun. Interesting. 
Mm. Okay, so this was um, Rob E. of uh, Thrums, or whatever it's called. Where is, is he in Thrums? I think so. Yeah. And he was working on this art project, and he called it P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A. Pareidolia, no idea. Pareidolia. Well, no idea. Pareidolia is the... Um, when you see animals in the clouds, yes, yes, you see a cloud and you say, "Oh, that's a cow," or that's a yeah. That's what para, periodolia is. And right. he was doing this. What he would do is he'd get a piece of paper and he'd just kind of smush watercolors, or it didn't matter what he smushed on it. Get another piece of paper, lay it over the top of it, and kind of smush them. And then whatever he took off, he would fine point black pen just doodle in little the animals that he saw right right yes and he called it periodolia yeah that's very interesting never heard that word yeah. before me neither but he was quite excited about it oh it's a fun thing to do it's like those uh, those paintings like Kai of Chilliwack does where you just take a whole whack of paint and other colors of paint you mix them and pour them yeah and yeah as they run across the uh, yeah but they, they also, it's the same sort of thing, right? It's, it's mm. sometimes you see things, shapes that suggest mm-hmm. objects in that painting. Yeah. Have you canvas. not seen my poor art? Yeah, the one I did, I get the blue meanies from Yellow Submarine. I'll, I'm going to bring it out and show you guys because you haven't seen it, I don't think. Let's see. It's my poor art. Oh, nice. So it is called Poor Art. I think so. P-O-U-R art, and KJ currently is uh, just a beautiful shot. The black is so awesome. So you decided to start with black, yeah, and then you pour it on top of it. Yeah, and then you mix them in layers, right, in a little container, and then you just dump it, and then lift it off, and then you can manipulate it. So KJ, you did multiple layers of that? One pour. One pour per color? No, you, you actually layer oh. them in a, you know, like with the meniscus and everything, you oh, layer them okay. and they just dump the whole thing upside down right in the oh, center of the piece gotcha. and it just spreads. Wow. Next one. Yeah. Cause the last one, you know, this one extant, E-X-T-A-N-T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just heard it the other day and I went, uh-huh. well, I don't know. It's some, to me, I've only ever seen it from context. You read it and then from the context, you come to learn it. It always seems to me to be an archaic form of existence. That's what I think too. Continues to go on. All pianos extant would just mean all existing pianos. Yeah. The business was extant as late as 1972, but by 1978, the building had been flat. Right. And you know, in that case, they could have said the building existed, but the, but extant gets. You could have said they were still in business in 72, but the building, you know, yeah, no, I think. That's the same understanding I have as yours. Mm-hmm. Mm, here we have it. Adjective, especially of a document still in existence, surviving. The original manuscript is no longer extant. Okay, so especially of a document. Interesting. And perhaps that's where I, I saw it. It's 
always interesting that words get used by certain parties as well. Like people like it might've been a law legal or something they talk about documents and they get in the habit of using extant. It's like, uh, PJ bespoke bespoke PJ and I were in the it business, right? Like information technology, we would call it it, but for some reason, auditors forever called it electronic data processing. And so they would talk about EDP audit. And to this day, I think they still use that kind of term. It's probably locked in their educational curricula. Like, yeah, you know, it's just what they get taught. I, I find that whole business, there's certain words that come up and people use them because they want to sound uh, articulate. They yes. want to sound erudite too. Erudite is one of those words, right? And you just get sick of hearing, like bespoke. Uh, uh, you just get tired of it. Actually, right? I might have heard this with um, Chris Hayes, because Chris Hayes likes to drop those kind of words into his conversation Yeah, for that specific purpose to show that he knows those words and yeah. he uses them. Well, and it's what's fun about it, too, is our willingness or our, our GCC, now I'm doing it. I was going to say our willingness or propensity, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm doing well, it myself. You do this. But our willingness to ascribe negative motives to Chris Hayes for using words like that. You know, like, it sounds kind of negative to say he just wants just to know that he knows those words, so he drops them into his... I think there's a lot of that goes on, but on the other hand, there's a lot of times in my life where I didn't fully understand something I developed a negative view of. Why are you using this word when you could have used that mm. word? And there is the possibility in some of these cases that people are using words that have just a minor, quirky, yeah. slightly different contextual yeah. reference that works well yeah. with what they said. And so. I, for me, I use a lot of those words and I tell myself mostly it's because they have the right flavor. Yeah. And in my head, I think of it as the flavor. It feels there's right. A, there's a little tone of this or that in that word. And it pops in. right into your head while you've yeah. got a whole thought in there. And it's not like you halt that thought for a moment and say to yourself, how can I sound more intelligent? It's just yeah. kind of like, I don't think. But, yeah. Well, I don't know, because I, I do think that it does also. I, I sometimes use words probably that I shouldn't. Like, I just there, I was just doing it there with propensity. Why would you use that? There's, yeah, it just, I don't know. But a lot of it, though, does have to do with you just want the right flavor. And I have this yeah. whole thing worked out in my head that we almost have a shared memory of where words come from. They carry meaning that we're not even aware of because they've been part of the language for so long. Right. But I don't know. I think that theory is pretty weak. I don't think you can have a genetic inheritance of words. One of my favorite podcasters, a guy named Merlin Mann. And he's, he's the guy that invented or came popularized the idea of inbox zero and oh. In, inbox zero is just kind of a strategy, mostly for people who, who are working, um, to keep their inbox, you know, oh, the strategy oh. was empty your inbox yeah. and, you know, just to remove, uh, distractions, but he uses a lot of interesting words, but the thing about him is, uh, he has, uh, ADHDs. Uh, so he, he's, his mind is constantly going every one of his podcasts, he constantly interrupts the other person, but the other people just totally accept it and live with it. And they, they don't, they never get annoyed by it, but he's just constantly, they're telling the most interesting story you've ever heard. 
and they can't get a half sentence in. And he's just constantly talking, but he uses bespoke all the time, but he uses all these kind of words that after a while, when you're listening, you're realizing that it's, a, it's just a little in joke. Oh. So at some point they would have talked about what an annoying word bespoke is. So he'd start using it all the time. He purposely pronounces interrogate as interrogate, but he does that just to, but as a listener, do you find it annoying that he interrupts the great story? I'll send you uh, one of it. Like uh, I listen, I think listen to two of his podcasts and I'll send you one. That's just good. A good representative version. Sometimes it's hard to listen to. And other times just like, I cannot believe how good this is. Yeah. So, Halloween uh, this year, we had a small number. It's our first time since the pandemic started. Mm. So we didn't even have kids in 2020 and 2021. We had 14 kids last night. No. Thankfully, Sue put the big ones down in the freezer. I snuck a Snickers bar last night. You full, guys gave out full size? Sue gave out full size bars. They were 81 cents a piece at Walmart. Although... <laughs> Although they're full size, no name, like fun to eat and stuff. They're full size. Like they're full size. They're 33 cents each. Uh, and I looked at the ingredients and the ingredients were just the same level of quality as any normal chocolate bar, which is to say, you know, it tastes, branding. yeah. Wow. I hope I never see those. Our world is changing. Yeah. Cause I'll buy them. I know you could buy like 50 of them. And the next thing, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like I ate a whole Snickers bar last night and this morning I kind of felt not that great. And that's it for this week. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that. If you want to get a hold of us, we're at sheddogs.ca. We're always there. Night and day, 7 by 24. We're at sheddogs.ca. Just dying to hear from you. So let us know what you think. Let us know what you're thinking about. Let us know who you're thinking about. Just talk to us. Sometimes.